With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'm so happy because today
Wow. What a great song. What a great what a great introduction to today's show. Um we have um a very special guest today. Um this is Red Velvet Media with a special edition of the Indie Cafe and um this is Holly Stuffy and I have Spencer Drake with me and also Jesse Froman who did the Kurt Cobain the last sessions and so much more. We are so excited to have him on the show because this book is amazing. Um the chat room is open. And also, I have um, a phone number if anyone would like to call in and ask any questions to myself, Spencer, or to Jesse. The number is 347-677-1036. And um, I did post a link to the book and also to Jesse's website um, because he's an accomplished photographer as well as this amazing book and what a great what a great thing to be able to be and you know capture Kurt's last ever photo shoots before his untimely passing um so i'm going to bring spencer into the studio and also jesse into the studio hey. and welcome you guys in hey welcome hey, friday it's friday hey it's like the season too to be jolly right <laughs> like totally <laughs> forgot yeah i was like thanks for having me I know. I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, when Spencer had this book sent to me and I saw it and he told me about you, I was just, like, blown away because I knew Kurt. And um, I, you know, saw the book and I thought, wow, you know, this must have been just such a trip for you. But I want to hear how you and Spencer met first and then let's talk a little bit about um, your book and... I wanted to ask you, like, a couple questions about what, you know, what made you decide to do, you know, this book and uh, what, what you know, and plus it's the anniversary, right? So I it, wanted to know yeah, about... Yeah, it was. What, that, that's yeah, why I, I did know. the book. Yeah, that's amazing. It was about that so, time. It was, it was really, you know, it started with all that because I had not uh, published this work at all, except for a couple of uh, pictures that were requested by magazines throughout the year. So it was a it was a, a pretty big decision because I'd never published a book on one subject before. That was really one shoot, um, and wow. uh, I and for years I didn't consider it to be a book worthy. Mm-hmm. But it became well, sort of a perfect storm of timing and yeah, uh, it and, is. You know, and, and you know when you revisit work from a long time ago, it. Uh, you know, it's like a fine wine. It's really they're you know, iconic it's just, photos. It just they're matures. Iconic photos. Well, they, I I knew that back then too, but you know, I've done a lot of portraits. I'm proud of, and that doesn't mean I it know. becomes a book or it becomes. You know, I mean, a lot of it's a, you know a testament to uh, Kurt and his iconic uh, stature. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, that really brought it to the forefront, um, and. Uh, you know, people like uh, Spencer and, and a lot of other uh, uh, people would, uh, you know, would talk to me about the images and and uh, had a gallery that was selling them uh, um, more and more frequently. So it just kind of, you know, came to the forefront of conversations uh, between me and a creative director, a friend of mine, and we just decided that maybe this was the time. And that's the first time I actually looked back at the films was um, – uh, just a couple of years ago at the most. And, uh, wow. you know, I started to look at all the images again and see if there was something there. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he took you know, a lot of images, right? Beginning. I mean, Jesse yeah, took a lot of images, right? I mean, it looks like you took a lot of Well, here. you know, it, 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 you know, it was kind of a crazy thought because not only was it one shoot in one time, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it was also an abbreviated shoot because we were scheduled for a five-hour shoot that was reduced to basically 20, 30 minutes in the studio and the oh, rest, wow. uh, you know, at, the, um, at Roseland in New York. So mm-hmm. this was really uh, it's supposed to be a much larger shoot. And, uh, you know, that's why when I look back at the film, I said, well, I know I didn't have that much time, so how much variety would I have? But what I liked about it was that it was very focused and it was very singular, and that's what made it interesting to me. And I think maybe perhaps if I had, you know, gone on tour with the band and stuff, maybe it would have been something totally different. It would have been maybe more of a fan book and less of a photography book. Um, so you know, it's an amazing book. Any way you look at it, Jesse, it's it's a great book. <laughs> I, I want to bring up it's something amazing. that's very interesting about him as a photographer. And usually, yeah. I've seen so many photographers display their work, Holly. His his images were very big, right, Jesse? You printed really huge prints. They are. Uh, yeah, they were six, six feet. Uh, were some of them? <laughs> you imagine that, feet. Holly. <laughs> They're huge. I saw the one I in the player. If you guys are looking at any of the images. <clears throat> Um, there's one of you standing there next to two of them. And, oh, and I want to mention to everyone, if you um, want to download this show afterwards, it will be available on iTunes under Red Velvet Media, under the Indie Cafe. Um, so I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that if they missed the beginning or they want to listen to it later. Yeah, those pictures are huge. And, you know, um, as Spencer was saying, you have a really unique um Story and you know I wanted to start because I was reading a little bit about how you started out taking photos and um, you know and you've done amazing like you said you've done other um, photo sessions with people from James Brown to Woody Allen, Diane von Furstenberg for Vogue, Vanity Fair, Rolling Stone. I mean, how did you 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 were um, hired by a photographer um, that you Basically, was he your mentor? Was did that how it all happened? Oh, oh, I yeah. Well, it's, it's a longer story than that. But the abbreviated version was that I studied economics at school at uh, mm-hmm. University of Michigan. But I something was missing, you know, in, in uh, the pursuit of my career, and and I just kind of fell into photography. And I had worked with uh, uh, one photographer in fashion, and but then I met mm-hmm. Irving Penn, who is sort of, you know. Uh, for young photographers, he's sort of the you know, the god of modern photography. Amazing, yeah. yeah. So I, I got an opportunity to work for him, and I worked for him for four years. So, you know, when I, after having worked for him, I decided that I really enjoyed portraits uh, as much as anything, and uh, but portraits of all kinds of people. I never considered myself a music photographer. I started out shooting. Um, I guess I shot a lot of music people and some actors at the beginning. Uh, but I also shot a lot of architects and writers and designers and really? you know all, nice. all kinds of people. So I was never sort of uh, you know I'm sort of the bastard child of the <laughs> rock uh, music photographer uh, <laughs> scene, uh, which I kind of like. You know I you know I have one famous shoot and I have a lot of other shoots that I love. I did a lot of uh, rap artists actually. That's really how I started. Really? Um, because wow. That, well, I, I wasn't interested in pop music at the time and when I started shooting it was actually uh, before uh, grunge came into uh, being so 
you know, I was listening to mostly rap, and it was the most exciting uh, art form. And you know, I got a chance to shoot all kinds of interesting people, from Ella Cool J to Run DMC, I, you know, and um, Ice Cube, all kinds of people. And uh, then wow, when Grunge great. started, that I was right there, ready, you know, and I was already shooting for Rolling Stone and Spin and those kind of magazines. So I, that's how I got the call to do Nirvana because I was already shooting a lot of cover stories for them. So this was a really nice opportunity. But I think this one actually was for the London Sunday Observer, which mm-hmm. few people know of. But it's sort of, you know, it's like the New York Times magazine uh, that they hand out on Sunday. And they were very edgy at the time. And uh, so they wanted to uh, put Nirvana on the cover. And, uh, you know, this is at the, you know, well, this is in, in utero, so they're already quite famous. But for a new, news Sunday news magazine that still was pretty a uh, uh, strong cover for them. Yeah, no, that is. And and, and I John Spencer Savage, and John, John Savage looks amazing for the ride. Yeah, I heard. John yeah. Savage is he's 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 a brilliant writer of music. Yeah, he's, gonna, yeah, he's right. a master. Mm-hmm. So he was along for the ride on that one. Well, the book yeah. also the book is really yeah. done well. It's a beautifully Beautiful. printed book by Thames and Hudson, right, Holly? It's a gorgeous mm-hmm. book. I mean, the printing, the it paper, is really... paper stock, everything. You know, Jesse. Really? Yeah, we worked hard on that. <laughs> it's yeah, a really an this. amazing book, Jesse. You know, but really they, they promised book. that. Uh, thank you. We, I, I wanted to, I want to keep it more of a, um, a, a real, you know, a true coffee table book. And it's always a difficult thing when you know there's a lot of fans that will be interested in a book. You want to keep the price at a certain. Uh, point so people you know uh, so kids who are very interested in Kurt now much more so than you know my age group um, mm-hmm. who was you know I'm, I'm the same age as Kurt so you know but as so many uh, young people are interested in Nirvana and uh, I love that especially more Kurt than even Nirvana you know some some little kids even like third children have come up to me and written me letters saying how much they're into Kurt and they listen to Nirvana but they're into Kurt. That is so cool. Oh, it's a, it's a brilliant so cool. experience that I've had uh, traveling on the book tour all over the world mm-hmm. and seeing all kinds of different age groups and different kinds of people that are interested in Kurt. Drawn to it. And, and, yeah. and, and drawn to him as an icon. You know, what was most interesting to me was that there was a, there's a long period of time that I think we just haven't had a great icon, whether it's an, an actor, a celebrity, or musician, mm-hmm. you know, I guess maybe, you know, you can say, you can even argue the case of uh, the last one being, you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix and uh, Jim Morrison and Janis Joplin and that era, um, because since then, I guess Elvis died in uh, in the 70s, but, you know, Kurt is really the, the, the icon of generation and the previous couple of generations, because there really was nobody else to fill that void. That's sort of my little you know, philosophical, uh, you know, thought on it. But that's why he, I think he appeals to so many people. There's just no one else that people looked up to. Well, you know, the session itself is really amazing. And, you know, I was reading some of the different things that people were saying about it and how he showed up in his leopard coat and he had tons of sunglasses with him. And, um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people that are listening, besides just n- wanting to know about you and the book, and then Spencer bringing this book out to a lot of the people that really, I didn't even know about the book, and I saw it, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. They want to hear, like, what it was like to work with Kurt that day, you know, and, um, you know, they want to hear what your thoughts were and probably what kind of 
person you saw him to be and what and how he was fo- to photograph and stuff. I think people have uh, have this misconception that you you are friends with the artist previously, mm-hmm. or you have a relationship, um, and that's often not the case. Mo- most often not the case. Um, yeah. Uh, because it's usually the first time you meet them, and uh, and so when I got the assignment, I had not uh, you know I knew their music very well, and I and uh, I seen them perform, but I had not. I met them, so I didn't know what to expect. Except, you know, you know, people start telling you things you ask around. Um, once I found out that the shoot that was scheduled for five hours was going wow. to be reduced to a completely different schedule and a different location, um, mm-hmm. it, it uh, changed everything. I had to uh, quickly retool. I mean, we were expecting to shoot on location in New York, and uh, we had uh, a. a production crew set up in the city in different places. And when I showed up to the hotel to pick them up, the manager said uh, that we'd have to shoot in the hotel. And uh, not only would we have to shoot in the hotel, we'd have to shoot somewhere in the basement. (laughs) So this is a really (laughs) bizarre experience for me. Yeah, well, you know, things do happen. It it happens, uh, you know, people when they see a film in, in the theaters or something, they think, you know, everything that was done was meant to be done that way, and it's not true. You know, sometimes things happen, you have to just make it work. And uh, so nobody would know that these pictures aren't exactly what I originally intended, but they're really not. Actually, I intended to do a location shoot of them. So we had to quickly uh, figure out how to shoot this in in the hotel. And so we got a backdrop, and we set up uh, with our equipment in the basement. You know, we got new uh, different equipment, and we waited for Kurt. And I think he showed up about three or four hours later. So we had very little wow. time because then they had to go to rehearsal at the Roseland. And so we were mm-hmm. crunched on both sides for time. And uh, he, um, I mean, Dave came in and Chris came in on time. But uh, when Kurt wasn't there, they went off to get breakfast. They came back. He still wasn't there. They went off again. Uh, and finally Kurt showed up. So I think he had a really rough night. And, um, and when he showed yeah. up, he was really out of it. So he was still he was in that period, and um, and I love the know, leopard sh- coat though. The leopard coat, yeah, the sunglasses, the Avion bottle. Um. <laughs> well, the one thing I was able to get the Avion bottle is mine. <laughs> is, it? Get, is it? Is yeah, it? Cool. The one thing I was able to get was, you know, get him to you know throw a, a pile of clothes. On, under his arm or in a bag and, and bring them down. And at least he did that because he's really, you know, people criticize uh, the images being shown in fashion magazines. We just had a cover mm-hmm. for the uh, uh, UK Esquire. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. um, I saw some uh, feedback on social media that uh, this is terrible, that, you know, this is very, you know, uh, commercial and Kurt wouldn't have liked this. But, you know, Kurt was very interested in the fashion, as, as many musicians are. So they really, uh, um, it's it's uh, it, he really had a wonderful style, and it was not just because he had a, a, a funny look. He really understood fashion in, in his mm-hmm. own way, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's why to this day, uh, people are referencing my pictures of him in uh, uh, the best of fashion magazines. They even yeah. will have my picture, are. and then they'll do a story where it sort of imitates the fashion. They never get it quite right, but. Um, because you you don't want to copy it, you really you know, and, and you know and, and but it's it's inevitable that they'll kind of you know 
you know, make it kind of silly, you know, make grunge a little silly. Um, you know, when, when grunge was alive, there was a lot of different looks, and uh, it was had a wonderful, fresh authenticity about it. Now it just feels, you know, it's like, you know, it's like dressing up as a hippie. It feels costuming. Almost. Yeah, no, no, no. And I know Spencer's going to relate to this next question is um, about the book being a mix of black and white and color images, um, which is really interesting. Spence, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, I know that you have something to add to that. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the book itself, yeah, the mixture of that is really cool. I mean, that's what... That's what <clears throat> I love it. Yeah, me too, mm-hmm. Holly. I mean, it just it's just like a breather, you know, for the eye. It kind of like you know you're running into a, couple, a series of black and whites, and all of a sudden, boom, you hit some color, and then you go into black and white. I love that. I thought it was really smart to do that. I think there's no rhyme or reason when it comes to color and black and white. I think I think uh, you know it, it, it's an aesthetic um, that I think always works. You know, most, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, if if used right appropriately, um, and uh, I don't always like it personally, but uh, you know there are some books that I just adore in black and white, and uh, mm-hmm. and some books that are all color that I can't imagine having any black and white in. But sometimes like this, it really works, especially with the same subject. So right. um, I, I I agree. I was really excited to be able to do both. In fact, we did two covers. People don't know that uh, we did an inter- the international cover is a black and white picture of color. Mm. Wow. And the cover that uh, you know in the U.S. is uh, color. So, um, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, it'll yes. be a collectible yes. cover for sure. Huh. That's wow. so interesting. Um, I want to give your links out really quick. I know the book is available on Amazon, and there's a couple other places. And Urban then also, has it. yeah, absolutely. Barnes and Noble. And yeah, sure. and then your website. Um, is j e s s e f r o h m a n dot com, and if you go there, you can see. Uh, I love your website. It's very, very, very cool. It's got a lot of really neat things on it. You've got a lot of really great links on there. You've got the book signings and stuff like that, and the portraits oh, of your yeah. life, and all that. You do a lot of. Um, do you do a lot of uh, product? Shooting like um, of different things, like take pictures of um, jewelry or stuff like that. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the other side of my life. It's uh, you know, it pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. It's you know the advertising uh, world for we do a lot of uh, cosmetics and uh, you know jewelry and do you uh, really that's all kind neat. of stuff like that. Yeah, I mean we you know I try to do it in a way that you know. Is, is more personable and that I like, but um, it's definitely the advertising is is uh, is all client based, um, and uh, you know. But yeah, I I, I learned that uh, um, when I was first studying with Irving Penn, so that's what we did most of the work. And he, he's most famous for his fashion and portraits, but uh, his still mm-hmm. life is brilliant. And I realized that. Um, if you can take a picture of one thing, you should be that's a fine picture. You should be able to take a fine picture of an inanimate object uh, uh, or a landscape just as well. Um, and mm-hmm. that's you know that's and when I teach, I teach young photographers that that you shouldn't only be able to be good at taking a fashion picture. If you're good at doing that, you should be able to do other things as well. And in that way, you can enjoy a lot of versatility in your work. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I think people get stuck, you know, doing one thing over and over. And I think there's a, you know, there's opportunity as artists, you know, that is no limitations. So you're teaching. Where are you teaching at? I'm not teaching now, but I have taught. I do like uh, some, you know, I taught uh, underprivileged uh, uh, high school children. Fantastic. Uh, that, wow. Yeah, and uh, at a nonprofit uh, uh, school in New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, I've done uh, special classes, uh, guest uh, lecture classes. Um, I really enjoy it a lot, actually. How, how did That's you hook awesome. up with How did you hook up with Morrison Hotel, uh, Jesse? Yeah, we'll hear about that. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, uh, Peter uh, Blatchley, the owner of Morrison Hotel Gallery, um, uh, called me up one day. He had seen the pictures because his daughter uh, told him that, you know, I had these brilliant pictures of Kurt Cobain. He better call me or else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He he, he went over. I was having a show somewhere uh, in uh, in Soho and, he went over to look at them and gave me a quick call and said he liked to sell them. You know, at the time they were doing mostly sixties and seventies rock uh, bands and uh, not even, you know, pop or, you know, no hip hop, none of that stuff. So mm-hmm. even Kurt was a relatively new addition to their stable of uh, photography and photographers. Um, and they had brilliant photography uh, and uh, all the great, uh, uh, rock photographers at the time and still do. So I was, you know, the new kid on the block, so to speak. Um, and I just gave him this one shoot. Um, you know, I had a lot of other shoots that were uh, well-known, like James Brown um, and others. And, uh, um, you know, I, I was shooting the new generation. I was shooting Green Day, you know, a lot a lot of those bands that really wouldn't sell as exhibition prints at that mm-hmm. point. Um, you know, it needs a, with rock music, Spencer knows this. It needs a little bit of time before yeah. they become so famous that people would want to, uh, you know, have those pictures on their wall. It's not a poster, so they're quite expensive. And um, so we just started out with the Kurt Cobain series, a few, only a few images, and they sold immediately. Um, there's, uh, you know, I, I don't think Peter expected it. <laughs> Um, you know, because it's a new generation. It wasn't, you know, Led Zeppelin or the Beatles or, you know, yeah. Bob Dylan. So it was, uh, you know, not expected that people would be interested in him in the way that they are. Now, you know what I wanted to ask, Spence, was, um, you know, um, with you as an artist and seeing photos and stuff like that and working with album covers. Oh, and I forgot. Oh, oh, I, you know what? I spaced out today. Um, I wanted to introduce my co-host. He's <laughs> a very okay. well-known um, um, artist, as well as uh, you know, with albums, and he's in a lot of different museums. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, Spence, but I mean, it just gets so comfortable, you know, having you on the show. So it's a lot nice of times one. I forget. I'm sorry. Oh, I apologize. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But you know what? Yeah, and I know we both we both kind of have the flu too right now too. So Jesse, you're not going to get it through the phone from us. <laughs> am I, but, am I um, going to? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. And we were so happy. We were so happy to have you on the show. And oh, yeah. um, cool. you know, when Spencer told me about this, and so I getting back to my question in the beginning, how did you and Spencer meet? How did we meet Spencer? Well, I I, I saw your work a couple of places. I think. But I, I definitely saw you at the Morrison, that's for sure. And I saw you two times at the Morrison. 
And then you had the book signing there. That's definite. That was a big yeah. Thing. Spencer and I walked through this uh, uh, in the same world. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I think we met. You know, I think we've been at a lot of events before we actually met. You know, right? You, know, you probably gave, probably gave me a funny eye. You know, <laughs> why is that guy like, staring at me? But uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sure we've run into each other a few times, and we had a formal meeting probably at uh, one of the gallery openings that we were both at. Um, so it's been it's been a bunch of years, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. That's great. That's a great. It's a great to hear that, you know. Great work. And um, you know, getting back to your um, the book, the last sessions, and um, how did you feel? Here, I want to ask you a question. Like, here you had shot his pictures and you had your moments with the other band members and stuff and then you heard about his leaving um you know earth and stuff uh how did did that feel for you knowing that you had just photographed him in that that day it's just how you felt about it yeah when you heard about it it's been just like trippy for you I had different experiences when I shot, when I first photographed, first of all, it was a shoot of Nirvana, when I photographed them, and then when I first heard he died. Um, And when I photographed them, it was just like shooting another famous band. I mean, granted, they were a great band, and they they, perhaps they were considered the the number one rock band at the time. Um, You can make that argument, certainly. And, um, but... I shot many famous people by that time. So as excited as I was, I was uh, really uh, troubled that the shoot was truncated so, you know, abruptly by their manager Mm -hmm. um, because of Kurt's needs. So I was really, you know, it was weird. It was, it was, um, it was a strange feeling because I really didn't get what I felt I wanted to get. So Mm -hmm. I left that frustrated when, when he di- when I heard news uh, that he died, I the phone started ringing off the hook. First of all, from all the magazines and newspapers bet, yeah. that wanted pictures, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and at that point, um, I knew I had something special because I was looking at the film again, and uh, I knew I had something really great. And uh, but I still didn't think of it in the same way. Um, I thought you know he wasn't. As famous as he was, he, didn't, he doesn't even approach what he is today. So mm-hmm. th- th- that kind of, it's, it's hard to explain, but the feeling was like, okay, this is a tragedy and, you know, I have something special here. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't think I was sitting on anything grand. I just thought I had to shoot. I wish I had more pictures. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, so even though I was proud of what I had, I said, oh, gee, if only I had more time. I really, you know. So I you don't sometimes realize it in the moment. It's like a lot of things, you know. You cherish so much later on, later on in life. Um, you know, I had, I had similar experiences with other people. You know, James Brown was uh, with a story where I shot him, and uh, I, I stopped the shoot in the middle because they um, we, we had to shoot it in a place that was more public, and they had oh, all wow. these uh, news uh, photographers, you know, oh, and, wow. and, and news people all around me, and I was like this is crazy. And he had a manager that was yelling in my ear every time I took a Polaroid. He said, are we done? You know, and I'm like, so I just stopped the shoot and I called the magazine and said, you know that cover story you want of James Brown? You don't have it. <laughs> you know, wow. I have to, oh, I that's need a reshoot. funny. 
Oh, I have a funny James story. Brown story. I have a funny James yeah. Brown story to tell you. Really funny it's one. Good. He, um, I was um, in, um, I was in on the East Coast, and we were doing a concert, and it was for an opening, and he he was the performer, and he came out, but he 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 wouldn't come out of his dressing room because his hair, <laughs> he couldn't find his hair. <laughs> That's a great story. I said, put your hat on, you know, put a hat on or wrap a scarf around your head. He couldn't find his hair. And yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. Where was it? So I was like laughing, and we finally found it, and he came out, and it was like not straight, you know, on his head. Aww. Oh, wow. Could poor you imagine James. if you had been there, like, photo taking photographs? No, but the poor guy, I mean, you know, and then over the years, you know, um, he became really close to my daughter. And um, my daughter mm. met him when she was little. And he would call my house and say, you're going to be a star, you know. <laughs> you know, it was funny. He would call, I'd, I'd answer the phone, i go, hello. He'd ask for my daughter because he had met her. And, you know, at my ex-husband's um, store, and so he's like, I want to talk to the star, you know. <laughs> and he would just call he loves kids. Star. That's great. That's great. So, you know. My, my, my favorite story of my career yeah. is, is the one of James Brown, which it goes on too long for hear. the show. <laughs> yeah. It would have, it'd almost have to be its own show. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I want to hear, though. What is it? You want to hear it now? Yeah. I want to hear it. Yeah. We have time. We have time. All right. We have time. So I'll, I'll, if you I'll try do. to be. I, I try to tell it more quickly than I usually do. No, you don't have to be quick. No, no, Go you ahead. have time. Go you have it. time. Just you know. When I was commissioned to, this is not probably a couple of years before I shot Kurt, actually, to give you a frame of uh, of time. And uh, Spin Magazine asked me to shoot a cover story and. They said, you know, he was just getting out of prison for the umpteenth time or something. I think uh-huh. you know, that was the time he was crossing state lines with a sawed-off shotgun and uh, hired uh-huh. on that angel dust, something like that. Something <laughs> oh, crazy. my God. It, it's oh. like a cartoon. I could just see him with the shotgun out of the window, you know, and, you know, like, you know <laughs> flying over a bump, you know, at 90, 20 miles. Oh, we had to laugh, huh, Spence? Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. funny. That's funny. That is so, funny. Uh, so they said, you know, you have to go to the Hilton Hotel in New York having a press conference and you can you know you shoot him there I said well that's not going to work you know I need a private <laughs> studio you know I was always and they said no this it's a very large space and you can set up your own portable studio at the end of the spa- other end of the space I said okay you're on so we, that's in fact what we did and then after they would do the press conference he walks over like the Pied Piper everybody followed all the media oh, that's all funny. over to my that's private cool. little studio Wow. So I start to shoot, and uh, and um, you know I sit him down in front of a, a, a seamless paper backdrop, and and I do a Polaroid at the time when we shot film. We actually shot Polaroid and as a test, and uh, and I shot one Polaroid, and uh, his manager would yell at me, you know, like, oh, is that it? You know, and I said, no, that's not it. That's a Polaroid, and uh, and then you know I have all these people now position themselves over my shoulder, shooting my picture over my shoulder and with the media. There must be 20 people behind me. And, uh, like, it's like a party. And so this is, you know, getting out of control. And 
you know, I start to shoot a picture, and uh, and the manager yells in my ear again. I shoot one frame, and he says that. <laughs> and so I have this guy yelling in my ear, and these people over my shoulder, and I and I and then James says, "Good night." <laughs> and I said, "Excuse me, Mr. Brown, what did you say?" And he said, "Good night." And I said. I don't understand. So I turned to my assistant and I said, next time he says that, you go up real close and you just, that's all you worry about. What is he saying? Yeah. So he, he goes right next to James, just out of the frame. I do another, uh, uh, take another picture. And James, sure enough, says, give me the money. And, uh, and the assistant comes back. He says, I don't know what he said, but I think it's like something like give me some height or something. I have no idea. I said, excuse me, Mr. Brown, did you say give me some height? He said, yeah, 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 give me height, give me height. I said, you mean you want to stand up? He said, yeah, 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 well, stand up, do night. <laughs> His way of saying I want to stand up instead of just standing up was to say give me some height. And nobody can understand what he says anyway. So we stood up and we shot a few more pictures and the manager's yelling at me and people are taking other pictures over my shoulder. And I said, that's it, we're done. And I called the magazine. I said, we don't have a shoot. I shot six pictures. Everybody's yelling at me, and uh, can't do it. And uh, you have to set up again. They got very upset that uh, we couldn't do it because they had to go to press, and they didn't have a picture. And they said, they said we'll set it up again. And they did set it up again mm-hmm. at, uh, in Augusta, Georgia, where James lives. And wow. uh, so we were about to go down there, and they called and said, you know, we don't have time. We have to go to press. Can we, we beg you to use a picture? And they use a, I gave them a picture from that shoot. One of the six pictures I shot, they mm-hmm. use that. And uh, I called Details Magazine, and they said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take the shoot, you know, the new shoot. So I went down there, and, uh, and uh, I had to shoot him in his office. And I go to his office, which is a strip mall um, across from a gas station, and the strip mall has like a, um, you know, a, a dentist and uh, a, a dry cleaners and, uh, you know, and something else. I, had a ph- I, I think a pharmacy or something. And then there's James Brown. In the middle of oh, nowhere. Oh, that's funny. That is right. Across from a gas station. And so yeah. I was like, am I in the right place? You know, I was expecting like, you know, a palace or something. So... It's a day that was probably about 98 degrees with 98% humidity. It was unbearable outside with the sun, uh, you know, uh, burning, you know, at midday. So I go into the office hoping we could shoot inside, and it was filled up to the ceilings with stuff, just stuff. Who knows what stuff. On the wall were all his hit singles. I think you guys would know. I don't know if he had number two or number three number one singles in history. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. that, you know, the Beatles and Elvis or something right. like that. I don't know. But he he had many his singles. And they were all, all the uh, uh, records were all over the walls. So there's really no room to shoot. And so I fortunately brought a, um, a big backdrop down and we set it up in the parking lot across from the gas station. And uh, we were going to shoot James outside in the parking lot because there's no else to shoot. And, uh, you know, he drives up in this big uh, black Lincoln with his wife, and uh, he steps out of the car, and he's dressed in, like, a polyester leisure suit, like a bolero jacket and flared wow. pants and five-inch wow. heels, and uh-huh. his hair, hair was as brittle as his, <laughs> his hair was there. <laughs> his, hair, his hair was a hat. 
So it was shiny and perfect, and I don't think a, a tornado could have blown that thing. So um, he walked <laughs> out, and it was just uh, the, the four of us, my two assistants, me, uh, a publicist, and James. And we started shooting, and, and he says, um, I remember you. I remember you. And uh, I said, yes, yes, from New York. He said, yeah, you're that rapper dude. And I said, I'm not a rapper. You're the what? I'm a photographer. Rapper. The rapster dude? Oh, that's funny. No, right, no, that not really a rapper. Ah. Like, a, like a rap artist. Right. And I, wow. I said, uh, I'm not a rapper, I'm a photographer. <laughs> and he says, no, no, you're a rapper dude. And, and he turns to his publicist and he says, Watch out for this guy. Watch out. Because he's going to persuade you. He's going to persuade you into something you don't want to do. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, you know, when we were in New York, I had a talk, you know, while he was trying to get his attention because everybody was yelling and I couldn't get him to look at the camera. It was in very difficult circumstances to do that shoot in New York. So I said, no, I was just talking, trying to get your attention. I'm not, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not a rapper. I'm not trying to persuade you. <laughs> and he goes, well, I know you now. I know you. Why you're why 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 you're Jewish? <laughs> and I said, that is funny. That I is said, so funny. I said, all right, shoot's over. And by this time, I had already the pictures, and it was so hot. I I knew yeah. I couldn't keep them out there forever. So I knew I had the pictures, and and I started laughing. And he goes, um, he said, no man, you got me all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jackie Mason, we're great friends. We're the best friends. And Jackie Mason, if anyone doesn't know, was a famous oh, yeah. right uh, Orthodox on. Jewish comedian that was very right. funny. Yeah. But at times he, you know, he would sometimes cross over the line about whether he was being racist or not. You know, a typical comedian. But because he was right. very Jewish, he was accused. And um, and I was like, you can't say that about me and this guy. That guy's an Orthodox Jew and he's accused of being racist. So. And that then, is so funny. And James that is said, funny. He says, I used to wear mezuzah around my neck. <laughs> I'm, I'm, what? I'm Jewish. Mezuzah. Mezuzah is the thing funny. that you put on the front of your door before you walk yeah, into you your put home. Yeah, you put on the front of the door. That right. the house. Oh, my yeah. God. I said, I, said, I said, Mr. Brown, you don't wear mezuzah around your neck. That's something that's like <laughs> at home. <laughs> so he funny. comes up and he gives me a big hug. He says, man, I love you, man. I love you. So oh, I had this little great. print. The, the final part of the story is I had this little print. I put it on Flavor Flav, and it was a, it became a very um, popular picture of Flavor's mm-hmm. gold teeth. Really? And wow. I brought it down with me. It's a picture I did of Flavor, Flavor Flav, and I said, Mr. Brown, this, it, it's, this is not customary. It sounds a little funny, but this guy's your number one fan. <coughs> and he, I think it would be all a nice birthday gift if both you and I signed a print to him. Oh, and wow. he says, sure, sure, sure. Oh, so, so, cool. he says, so he takes the print, he signs it, and he goes, to my main man, Jesse. <laughs> 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 so, all in all, I loved him. We had a wonderful, we, you know, we spoke a couple of times after that. We ran to each other once after that. Uh-huh. He's a delightful, warm human being. Mm-hmm. He, yes, he was crazy. Yes, I'm sure he was a difficult uh, boss. But he was really, he had a yeah. good heart. And I had a wonderful shoot, and I love the pictures I have of him. And, and oh, that's uh, amazing. <laughs> that's that's so fun. See, it's things like that. And I know, Spencer, you have stories too, like just people you've met. But it's things like that that make you 
realize and 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 really want to you know do it, and you love your work. You know what I mean. You love what you're doing. Yeah, it's why it's why we all do. It's why Spencer does what he does. Why I do what I do. It's you know the people you come across, yeah. the experiences you have, and then and then to me, it's it's uh, you know unfortunately you know you know it's it, it, I don't think of it superficial, but it's that tangible you know moment in time that you have, and it's a wonderful collaborative moment um, uh, right. of a picture that I'll always have, right. and you know it brings back it it has memories attached to it, but also you know. It it uh, it brings uh, another element to uh, to that experience that I like, you know, of, of uh, mm-hmm. capturing it on film. Absolutely. Now, yeah. on the Kurt Cobain book, um, I read that it was being it came out last November, correct? Yes. Okay, and um, I'm so glad we're talking about it today. And I I heard that it's being comm- commemorated in a in a time capsule. Is it, a, uh, is it being put in a time capsule for a collection on the 20th wow. anniversary last year? Uh, um, I don't know. What, what did the publisher? No, I, I yeah, someone said. Someone said. Really? I, I, wow, I'd heard wow. from somebody that they were actually going to put it in a time capsule. That book. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I love that's it. That's amazing. That. Yeah. This is the first I'm hearing of that. And um, you know, it's it's pretty interesting. You know, the other band members that you shot that day, what were they like? Um, were they did they just kind of tolerate Kurt at that point? Um or No, what was I they... actually I actually I don't think so. I think they were good friends. And I oh. think okay. when you say tolerate well, yes, of course, they tolerated uh Kurt and mm-hmm. his uh, uh drug habits, but I I think that I don't think of it, that word sounds a little bit like putting up with, you know, that, that he's the difficult yeah. one. I, I didn't, I'm sure there was all kinds of things that were going on, but I also got the feeling that they were really good friends. And oh, they really liked good. to laugh together yes. and uh, be yeah. together. Because when we were shooting, and part of the book shows that, that they're, they're, they're pranksters. They're, they were silly and, and they were like that on tour. So, um, I got a very different vibe than them being, you know, um, uh, at odds with Kurt because, you right. know, they had always to wait on him. You know, I, I didn't get that feeling at all. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So was um, was it kind of like they all all really helped each other? Were they supportive of each other during the photo shoot? Do you think? Did you feel that? Oh, sure. They they knew it, it's all about Kurt. So when I was Kurt alone. Um, I don't think they cared. I really think they love the music. Um, mm-hmm. They they love playing together, and I really don't think they cared about anything else. I know they they certainly were not very excited to do a lot of media events, um, as many musicians are not. But you know they really even less so uh, really appreciated that whole part of the uh, business. Um, they were not interested in. Um, um, being treated like divas at all. They were, again, also like, very much... They were real. That. Yeah. They, they, they would travel around in minivans, and, uh, you know, they you know they didn't have their own planes, you know, and all that, and uh, they didn't care. Um, and it was, refre- it was refreshing at that time, you know, to to see that. And it's sort of the experience of growing, but they just didn't act like rock stars. I mean, Kurt right. was a rock star, and... Uh, 
there was no denying it. Even when you meet him, you get the sense that, you know, he's the real thing. But they didn't act uh, like that. When we went to the, um, uh, to Roseland, uh, I rode with them and, uh, you know, we saw, we met the fans outside and had a few pictures with Kurt and the fans. And, uh, um, he seems sort of like one of them. It, it's um, interesting. It, it, he, he he didn't seem like Elvis. Put it that way. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know he he was they they were sort of the fans seemed a little bit um, you know you know the outcasts and not the beautiful people so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. uh, interesting, intelligent, creative, but not the pretty people. And right. I think he identified with that, you know. He was, um, he was, he was, you know, in his own head. He was a really true artist. He uh, was quite removed and uh, from that whole life. And so I, I really think that uh, that was refreshing for me to see because most celebrities are all about being a diva. Exactly. Yeah, no, and that's so yeah. true. I read, um, I read a quote that you had given someone in one of your interviews where you had said to, it said here, you said to Bert Stern once that Kurt will become my Marilyn. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's, one. that's yeah. pretty cool. That's, yeah. that's, Bert, Bert said no. <laughs> no, he won't. I know. No, he won't. And I said, of course not, because one, no one can have a Marilyn, but he is my Marilyn. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's great. Yeah, so they were the question that the person asked you was was there something from the shoot that stuck with you in the 20 years since the 21 years since. So um during your photo session I know that we shared a lot about him coming down with you know all the clothing and the sunglasses and showing up really late and stuff like that. Um was there any moment besides you getting him with his uh Nixon guitar, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Or any anything else that sticks out from that whole photo session from this book that really you want to share with our listeners? Well, what I liked about, I mean, you know, the, every shoot has different levels, and 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 there's a depth to these pictures that I. Personally, mm-hmm. appreciate. I don't know if other people get it in the same way. That um, there was something about he came in, uh, you know, quite stoned, and there was something about that that made these pictures even more compelling to me because uh, I don't think he would have been as free with me in such a short period of time. Uh, usually, you have to have someone get comfortable, and uh, you have to warm them up, and sometimes that you know includes a conversation, you know, maybe a cup of coffee. And, and a conversation beforehand to get a sense and a, and a certain comfort level with each other. Um, that's why a lot of celebrities like to shoot with the same photographers. Once they know them and get comfortable, they like having them around and they'll have them in their personal spaces. But I didn't have the luxury of time here. So uh, the fact that he was stoned helped me a lot. And uh, and I like all the silliness um, that I, I that's, a, that's maybe an unfortunate word, but there's a certain freedom no, it's a perfect he word. Has in the pictures. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, he had his freedom. He's just, it's, he's acting out as if he was in his living room, and I was with him. I've known him for uh, years. And see, that's great. That. That's yeah, what so I got I from the pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's hard to get. 
Now, it's my job to get that, when I, whether I have five minutes or five hours or five years to somebody, but that's my job. But sometimes it's difficult when you don't have much time. And, right. uh, so, so you got to help me out there. But I, I think sometimes less is more. Sometimes you don't need, you know, when I finished that shoot, I was like, well, I really, you know, wanted that picture in the park. I really wanted a picture of the street. And I really wanted a picture of Roseland, that, you know, that other picture. But um, but what I have is something that nobody else has. And uh, and it, it, it's sometimes you, um, you know, forgive my French, but I can say step and shit. You know, you fall into a circumstance and you have to recognize it as a triumph of sort or a fortune, uh, you know, and uh, you know, your good fortune and recognize that as, as a wonderful thing to have happened and uh, that all the other stuff that you were hoping for, this is much better. And, um, you know, so these things happen, I'm sure, to many photographers and film directors and stuff. Something happened, it's a mistake, it wasn't planned, you didn't hope for it, you're fighting against it, and there it is as a gift. And uh, and and so I don't really think about all the details of what else did, did I get or didn't I get, and uh, and I focus on what I do have, and what I have is something so iconic, and I wouldn't have had it if I did the pictures that I wanted to do, which is fascinating for me to think of it like that, but I really believe that. Yeah. I think the I think the book really says a lot, and. Um... I think it's one. I think it's something that now I noticed. I read also that you were commissioned to do a couple other books. What other books have you done? I've, I've done uh, books for different clients. I've done uh, one book is actually a still life book, and um, um, I contributed. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I contributed to several books, and I'm working on a couple of new books now. Um, uh, one. Oh yeah, let's find what you're currently on, working on. on. Uh, still life. Well, I was actually working on one. Uh, on uh, uh, guns and the other one on flowers. And now with all the gun issues, I'm trying to think about uh, if it's the right time. But um, my book was, if not a political statement or a social statement, it was uh, really about the, the beauty of guns, the design of guns. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, um, you know, I, you know, my, my personal position on that uh, issue is, uh, I keep private, and uh, you know, this is this book was about something else entirely. Um, yeah. But I, I look, I like both. I really like portraits, and I also like still eyes, um, especially for books. Um, I think there's something really quite. Uh, but I like doing projects. I was asked to do uh, um, a book of my uh, of my portraits in uh, mm-hmm. one volume. Um, and I might one day, but uh, I like doing projects. I find that to be a more compelling. I mean, some people, you know, you, you know, if they shot every rock star, you know, that you want to have on uh, in, in a book form, I can understand that. Um, but I have a lot of other people that are not as famous, so I look forward to doing more project-based uh, books. Right. Um, and uh, that's what I will be looking forward to doing now. Cool. Oh wow, that's awesome. Uh, that's that's really cool. I know Spencer. Um, what are you working? At? You're working on a new. A, you're actually doing some stuff with vinyl. Have you ever gotten into into any vinyl, Jesse? No. Vinyl records. Uh, I don't really collect vinyl. Actually, I have a lot of my old vinyl, which I love. Oh, cool. Um, 
Yeah, it's like it's 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 it's, it's like the almost famous uh, movie, the big game was pulling. I have a lot of those records. Um, my sister had them, gave them to me. I gave a lot away. Um, I, you know what? I really, really miss as, as a kid is sitting there looking at the album, and uh, I think anyone that grew up in that era will say the same thing. It's just you sit around and you listen to the music as a whole album, not as a song, and. Right. Uh, and you look at the credits and you look at the art, and I never look at the album cover art anymore because um, it's always so small on iTunes. Right, right. Um, so it's uh, – I miss it, but – and and I might get a new turntable and, you know, sit down and listen to my vinyl, but I don't really uh, collect vinyl anymore. But I, I do love it. Yeah, because you – Spencer yeah. loves vinyl. Are you kidding? He wants to do a movie on vinyl now. Yeah, That's I want to great. do a movie. Yeah, we're doing a trying to get together a, a funding now for a vinyl movie with interviews with famous, very famous people in music. You know, who collect vinyl or like Lenny Kay is a big vinyl collector from Patti Smith Group and people like that. You know, because it's really resurging now. I mean, vinyl is huge right now, and with every artist, they're putting out CDs with a vinyl of some sort. You know, so your it's voice still going is on. very deep today, Spencer. Yeah, <laughs> very serious. <laughs> yeah, he, he's 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 got that uh, voice. Have you ever gotten involved in in um, thinking of getting involved in film or anything like that, Jesse? Yes, I, I actually love to do uh, film. Um, I I was just editing an old piece that I had done years ago on sixteen millimeter, and um, and, wow. and it's it's That's yeah, cool. we just got we got it transferred, and uh, I was editing it. And it's really great looking, and I love wow. the feel of it. And uh, yeah, we shot all kind. We did all. We made all the mistakes, and it all came out right. You know, it's like everything That's came good. wrong. Yeah, it's because the sixty millimeter and it was black and white, and it's grainy and uh, and there's light flaring, and it all looks so wonderful. Wow, so great! There's, there's something really wonderful about that, and uh, I don't really love the slickness of. Uh, contemporary uh, video you get from the cameras now, but there's so much special effects you can do in post-production. You can right. get any, just about any look you want. Um, so it is an exciting time, especially now that everybody's shooting on their iPhone. I was shopping the other day for uh, for iPhone elements, you know, lenses and uh, and, oh. Oh, really? and all, all this. Oh, That's my cool. God. It's, uh, they make that yeah. stuff? I didn't know that. I need it. There's a whole... <laughs> Is a whole I need yeah, it. third party stuff yeah. you can get. It's, get it, 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 it'll make you a, you could be honestly, you can make a film, a very nice film, if you have you know, good sound with your iPhone. Yeah, I know. I've I've like I've been experimenting and there's some really great apps out there too. Amazing yep. apps. Yeah, there's great uh, apps and there's great uh, app, uh you know, third party uh you know uh, stuff you can get. So it's really an exciting time. So that anyone can get it, and anyone will <laughs> become a film director. Mm-hmm. So you know the goods, the goods and bads of that. I want to. I I totally want to hear. Like, um, so you were working on a film, you were editing it, or what were you doing? Yeah, we we did. I did this uh, campaign for uh, Levi's, and uh-huh. um, on the side, I shot some uh, um, some footage, mm-hmm. and. Um, Oh, how but I cool. never, I never edited it. I never had a transfer. 
So it was mm-hmm. uh, it's fantastic to look at and, uh, you know, it captures the time and all that. So uh, you'll be seeing that sometime soon. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> and we can't wait for that. Yeah, that's cool. So I know, um, Spence, do you have anything that you would like to talk to Jesse about that uh, we didn't cover? We covered the whole thing. We pretty much covered it, Holly. Yeah, no, but I mean, Jesse's so interesting. I mean, Jesse, <laughs> you're no, you are. I mean, the fact well, I've that got more you know, stories, James, but... <laughs> no, you're yeah, James more stories. Brown. The only thing story. I would say, Holly, are more stories, more stories. You know, oh, <laughs> and the He's probably got I, a lot of stories. Know, the Diane von Furstenberg for Vogue. I want to hear about that. Mm. Oh, she's an interesting woman. Um, I bet. Yeah, I, I, I don't really. I didn't know her socially, so I didn't know what to expect with her because she just, uh, you know, she's so strong looking, and you, mm. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know if she was a, a sweetheart or mm. if she was a tough businesswoman. You know, I, I right. couldn't. I couldn't read her before I, uh, you know, met her, and uh, she jumped into the room, and you know, and then you know, burst into the room, and said, "I'm ready," <laughs> you know. Oh wow! You know, one, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and uh, wow. it was kind of funny. And I just, uh, you know, sometimes people don't understand or they don't appreciate, uh, you know, what you're trying to do, and uh, so. When that happens and someone comes in like that, you know, usually we, you know, we have time for hair and makeup and wardrobe and, you know, several hours uh, uh, together. But um, sometimes it's like this, you know. Sometimes she has her outfit. She came from somewhere else. Um, she just did a makeup for a TV show, so she was ready. And I had to slow her down. And so I, I, so I really stopped. And I wouldn't take a picture. <laughs> wow. Because if I took a picture, I think she would have said, okay, we're done and I got to go. So I right. wouldn't take a picture. And I just That's talked true. to her for a little bit. So it was kind of funny. So she was like so frustrated at the beginning. But I knew I had to do it because I had to slow her down and get her to breathe deep. And, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so we had some mutual friends and we talked about them. And, uh, you know, I, she has this amazing office in New York. And uh, she's... Uh, you know, a very, very active woman, as you, as you all know, and right. uh, and very strong woman, a very uh, beautiful woman. Um, I mean, she's still quite beautiful at, at her age. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, yeah, and and uh, and dynamic, but uh, she's uh, very intense. I will say that very intense. Um, and you know, I have something to tell you. You you know the House of Diane von Furstenberg, the the sh- TV show that she does. Yeah. Yes. My girlfriend was one of the my 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 friend my girlfriend's daughter was one of the people that were doing the you know apprenticeship with her, and she ended up winning um, wow. to be the spokesperson for you know for the House of Diane von Furstenberg. So it was. It was it was pretty it was pretty cool to see and 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 then just to see how she runs her business and stuff. So yeah, I can see how you can tell me she's really intense. Um, yeah, that must have been really cool though. You know, working with her because she's such an icon. Um, you know, in the fashion industry especially, um, and you've shot so many other people. Um, what was Woody Allen like to work with? Well, Woody. Um... Again, I didn't know what to expect because uh, you know he's he's such a 
incredible artist and and I thought because um he was a he was a real author and uh he controls so much about his films. I thought he would not have patience to sit in front of the camera, especially mm-hmm. that he was a you know known to be a total neurotic. So I uh, thought he he was making show up and you know sit there for two seconds and say you know that's it. He had enough, um, and he took forever to arrive. Um, he arrived at the building, but then he took forever to get up to the studio. We were in very high ceiling uh, floors and we were up high on the 15th floor and he decided to walk up. Uh, oh, no. Nobody walks up. Because oh, that's had a, funny. He had that's a problem a with the elevator. So he didn't want to take oh, the my elevator. God. So he shows up and he's in his typical outfit, very kind of classic, you know, tweed. Oh, really? Oh, how cute. Shirt. So he's mm. all set to go and, uh, right. and, uh, um, he didn't want a groomer, I remember, or wardrobe. So he, he looks at me and he says, um, you know, do you have a mirror? And I said, sure. And I walk him <laughs> over to the dressing room. He looks in the mirror and he touches the edge of his unkempt hair and uh, looks at me and he says, how's that? And he had a yeah. on his head. <laughs> and he said, it looks funny. great. Let's shoot. So we go, we go into the camera and, you know, we're uh-huh. all set up for him, and he, and I get him in front of the camera, and um, and I figured I have to start talking to him, you know, otherwise I, I you know, I, I won't have much to do, you know. He's really mm-hmm. a very simple person in front of the camera. It wasn't a whole lot, you know. I didn't need. It wasn't about fashion. It wasn't about you know doing some crazy uh, um, environmental, you know, situations with him. It was just him and me and my camera. So mm-hmm. I knew I had to kind of engage him a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. and so fortunately I had something in common to talk about. And, and I started talking and we had this wonderful conversation. So what, what I mm-hmm. feared would, would be, you know, a, a, a very abbreviated, superficial kind of uh, uh, um, exchange with him turned out to be one of the more interesting conversations and interesting experiences with an individual I've had ever. Um, wow. mm-hmm. we, talked, we talked for quite a while, and he was he was interested in me and you know and and the conversation and and uh, in that way um, I got him to sort of forget it for a second about analyzing me and what I'm doing and the light and everything, which you know would be natural for him to do uh, because that's what he does. He's a filmmaker, so you know it was great. And I had a moment where he was uh, you know very relaxed and, and quiet and. Uh, and to me, it's sort of um, a sad picture, but I like it because it says something about him, you know, uh, uh, you know, and uh, in a quiet moment. And uh, I'll tell I you, like I've, seen, like I've seen, you know, Jesse, I've seen pictures of Woody Allen. I'm sure Holly has. He's always not happy. I mean, he his pictures. Right, not satisfied or happy. Yeah, exactly. He's, he seems yeah. to have that same composure, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and a dissatisfied artist. Yeah, yeah, unfulfilled. Right. I don't. I don't know if that's him in person. You know, maybe he's a jovial guy. I, I wouldn't know, but you know, it, it was just interesting that you know, there's a great picture. Well, it's quite different because Madame Monroe, but Avedon, Richard Avedon, a wonderful photographer, uh, right. another one of my heroes, and uh, right. he did a shooting uh, 
a studio with Marilyn Monroe, and and he was giving all the normal pictures, you know, that big, beautiful smile, that sexy uh, mm-hmm. face. And uh, in one moment, he turned to change film, and he told her he'd be right back, you know. And uh, and then quickly, he you know, he turned around and saw that she was looking quite sad, and he mm-hmm. snapped, He reached wow. over and he snapped the shutter. And uh, in that moment became this, you know, immortalized photograph of Marilyn looking very sad, which she really was. And that's the truth that you want. Photography isn't always about getting the on moment when people are on in front of the camera. Uh, Great portraits are really, you know, searching for a truth about the person. That's very difficult to get when someone knows they're being photographed. You know, they're sitting right in front of your lens. So it's, it's, it's you know, you have some tricks up your sleeve and you're not trying to manipulate in a, in, a, in a bad way. You're trying to manipulate in a way that the person reveals himself to you. And I think that's what uh, great portraiture is all about. Right. And that's a difficult thing shooting celebrities because they're always well, so prepared. Of course, that, then again, you also take pictures and sometimes the, sh- the picture that you don't think is the picture that's hot. Right, I mean, you sure. know, it's like sometimes it's an off picture. It's like your eye sees this thing, and you you don't know if you've got the shot. And all of a sudden, you look at the sheet and say, "Oh my God, that's an incredible shot!" Right? I mean, that happens yeah. too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all that happens. It, you know, you know. I mean, you know, you know what you shoot, and uh, yeah. I know when I'm yeah. I know when I'm done. You know, I don't right. shoot forever, and uh, sometimes yeah. I think you, people don't last past like a half an hour. You know, if, if they're unless they're an actor or somebody that's used to being in front of the camera for periods of time, they don't last very long. You know, you can shoot them for a lot longer, but you lose a certain spontaneity and uh, and a, a certain collaboration between you and the sitter. But I think uh, even though I know that I have something, I Spencer, mm-hmm. you're right. You don't know necessarily what works, and sometimes the ones that you thought were going to be the right ones are not. And, yeah. uh, and you never know what that is. You know, well, it's really good. It's, it ends up being all good in the end, right? It all ends up being all good, right? Right. Yeah. Whatever so. works, basically. As long as you can Live from New York, as we hear the sirens in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that, Jesse. Because it's like every time I do something, we always hear a siren or something going on there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you wouldn't think so in my neighborhood, but, uh, yeah, every night, yeah. Well, if you go at home, I, it's hard to sleep in the country. No, no, totally. You know, and I don't know if you know where I'm at. I'm in Sonoma. I'm in, like, northern California, right in the middle of, like, nowhere. So we're having rainstorms here right now, and it's very cold, oh. Um, oh. which is unusual for us. And we had actual snow flurries the other day because oh we God. had call for rain, and it got really cold. Yeah, but... But still, like, you know, it's interesting how everything's happening around the world. Um, so I think this is cool. You're working on these on these new – you're working on some new projects. Um, we would love to have you back. Um, oh, what's your next sure. book that you're doing? Well, like I said, I'm working on – The one on guns. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guns, flowers, and portraits. Flowers? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Flowers. Yeah. Flowers yeah. are so amazing. Oh. I and don't even uh, Spence knows I love to I know Holly will and, go crazy. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, it's beautiful I know. though. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Flowers. You know, very yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's 
stargazers. They're surprisingly they are challenging to shoot at, you know, uh, when you, uh, they you, you are. get down to it. Yeah, because the colors uh, are intense, aren't well, they? Well, it's, 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 it's often uh, very easy to make them very commercial and very Hallmark-like, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's exactly what I don't want. But that's I right. Want are you, you, you going to go on location? Are you going to go on location to do I, any of it? I, well, only in the sense that I have to go to certain places where the flowers are, but no, mm-hmm. I'm actually in a studio. and uh, So even if I travel... Um, because uh, I know, could tell you a great place to go. Bouchard Gardens in British Columbia is amazing. Oh, yeah, but they won't let me cut their flowers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. That place, I'm going to tell you, that is such a magical place. The Japanese gardens and the rose gardens were my favorite. I just was, like, so lost there. Unbelievable <laughs> place. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Is that the one on magical. Victoria Island? It's right in B- British Columbia, right there. Off the Gabriola Islands, you take a. We we flew in on a seaplane, and then we took um, my my um, partner in L.A. We we took a, a a seaplane in, and then we took a boat over and docked over by the Japanese Gardens, and then went in, and um, we were with like four other people, and we all went through, and we spent a couple of days there, and it was wow. amazing, amazing yeah, gardens, the, and the ch- flowers are just magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the That's challenge great. is uh, the challenge for me is getting people who have these lovely gardens uh, willing to uh, cut them. <laughs> for, yeah. Uh, yeah, That's so hard, you know, because yep. yep. you spend so much time growing something, yeah. and um, it's well, you like immortalize them. Mhm. Mhm. That's a good idea. Yeah. You know what's really going to be fun? Are you doing any orchids? Because orchids are really intricate. I photographed some orchids already, and I'll probably oh. photograph more orchids. Um, um, orchids are so I, cool. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not doing the A to Z, but I am covering a lot of the major uh, flower groups. But mm-hmm. there's, you know, I didn't. You know, I don't know that much about flowers, so. You know, I, I I thought a rose is a rose is a rose kind of thing, right. and then you realize there's no, there's not twenty, there's not twenty different kind of roses. There's thousands of different kind of roses. Thousands, you know, every, yeah, they're making I them. Mean, they're they're cro- they're breeding. You know, they're every like variety. But you see, when you get the commercial roses, you think they all look kind of similar, right? You know? uh-huh. And there's a few different kinds basically. But when you get into the garden variety. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's endless varieties. It depends. And everywhere you go, they have endless varieties. So yeah, uh, sterling roses are one of my favorite. They're like the pale lavender ones. They're the, Just so you know, of all roses, the sterling rose, and I know this to be a fact because I went and through the rose gardens there in Bouchard, the sterling roses I fell in love with, they are the most fragrant of all roses that um, yeah. they um, grow. Yeah, I do not know that. Of every type of of rose, yeah, the sterling rose, and then there's the tea rose. But the sterling rose is the one that has the most fragrant Mm. smell, and for some reason, they're the most expensive too. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're very pale, and they call them sterling roses because they're almost like lavender, like and a platinum color. That's why Mm. they're called sterling. They're a really interesting color. That's cool. But, um, yeah, and orchids just alone, like stargazers, are so be- they smell so unbelievably amazing. Um, I love flowers. 
as you can tell. <laughs> You're not doing a food book? You're not doing a food book now? Come on. Get a food book. I, you know, it's funny. I have absolutely zero interest in, in food, except to eat. Really? I bet I could change your mind Holly's amazing <laughs> Jesse Holly's amazing She's got amazing recipes Unbelievable I, No no I, I, I love I love food I love You know I'm not a foodie But I love food mm-hmm. I love eating But I, I right. don't like Photographing food so much I've never been interested in Because I always feel It's like It's a chef's vision And you know, you know It is It's an art yeah, but Desserts are an art you know? Definitely Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I leave and you know, to the other artists. Oh, but you know, also with the food, it's all about the presentation out here in California. It's all about sure, how sure. you present it and what it looks right. like, and and how you find you know the final way it looks and everything. But I think it's cool. So you're doing um the the three books. We'd love to have you come back. And um, yes, if definitely. anyone wants to get in touch with you, you're on Facebook, um, and you also yes. have your website. Is that the best way to reach you through your website? Also. They can follow yeah. me on Instagram. They can, there's an email on the website I'm doing that. for the studio. Yep. So uh, there's, a, you know, cool. there's a few ways they can get in touch with me. And see, so you asked how long the interview was going to be. And look, it's 3.15 already. Well, it's 3.15 <laughs> out here. And <laughs> you were like, <laughs> I know, no, no. Perhaps, You're awesome. And we were... start talking about flowers and food, you know. Right, right. No, we love having we love talking about James Brown and about oh, yeah, the, the book. And again, the for everyone listening, um, if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available on iTunes afterward on on the um, Red Velvet Media Network. But it's the Indie Cafe with Spencer Drake and myself, and um, and uh, Judith, who has been really busy working and doing her own thing. And we just love, you know, doing these interviews. And I want to thank you so much for being here today. And um, Spence, uh, um, I want to thank you for, you know, bringing well, Jesse on the air. Well, thanks. It was a great show. I thought it was really show. Jesse, I love you yeah. guys. Yeah. We all love you. And well, I know my that, pleasure. Thank you. I know we're not going to do pop culture news today because of no, 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 the no. weather. Right. Yeah, I, I can tell. <laughs> was just like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, he. I could tell Spencer's not feeling too good. And uh, but you know, it is Friday. I want to say to everyone, it is Friday. Um, and make it a really beautiful weekend. Um, wherever you are, um, it's right before the holidays. So make it make it fun. Do whatever you need to do. And uh, one most important thing to everyone out there is please do not drink and drive. Um especially this time of the year. But, um, yeah, yeah, I want to thank you guys so much for being here. And we're going to end our show with a song called All Apologies, and it's the unplugged version from the MTV sessions. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Way cool. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to end our show, and we were going to be back um, soon. There's some other shows I'll be um, announcing, and then Spence and I are going to be back on um, December 18th, which is my birthday, and we're gonna hey. have, um, hey. meet, um, we're gonna be having um, some other really amazing guests later on this month, and we're just looking forward to getting some really fun things here. So I want to say to you, Jesse, have a beautiful weekend, and thank you so much for sharing your 
personal images and what a personal experience on this and and also you know sharing your your stories with us it's really fun and spencer i hope you feel better and to everyone out there happy friday okay thanks guys thank you all right guys here you guys go thank you
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.